Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy. I'm your host, The Philosopher, and this is where we level up inside and outside the virtual arena every day by talking about topics, having guests on the show, and exploring ideas, having a conversation. And today's topic is about burnout. Uh, personal story, I had a tournament. I had my first public tournament. It was a Smash Brothers tournament, and we'll get into the details of that. But that led into the topic of burnout because immediately afterwards, I had another event to run the day after, and my body just shut down. And I get into that a little bit more. But before I get into that, of course, I've got to talk about Tama Breaker coming up right around the corner. As of recording this, it's Tuesday, the the 18th, I think. The 22nd, I'm like four days behind. <laughs> it's the 22nd and um, Comma Breaker is right around the corner. I'm going on Friday, I'll be there until Monday. So if you are going to Comma Breaker, make sure you guys reach out to me. Let me know, shoot me a message on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you can. Let me know that you're gonna be there. And that if you want to meet me, please, please meet me. I don't like hearing the stories of people who saw me there but didn't say anything. I don't like being put on a pedestal. I don't like people being afraid to meet me. I'm very approachable. If you have questions, please ask me. Uh, I, I will help you as much as I can. I will have a conversation with you. I will play casuals with you. So don't be that guy that saw me and was afraid to reach out to me because I've been there before. And I've been yelled at by my idols because I was too shy to reach out to them years ago. So please reach out. Let me know that you're gonna be there. Talk to me. I will make time for you if I'm not if I'm not recording an episode of FGC Philosophy with a guest. If I'm not interviewing somebody actively, then please reach out to me. Talk to me. Let's have a conversation. Anywho, of course I have my co-host Mega Max Star joining me today. We're talking about burnout, and we're talking about the progress that I made at my Smash Brothers tournament. I think burnout is a very important topic to talk about for a multitude of reasons. And for me, I tend to be a perfectionist and I put a lot of time into my, my projects. I put a lot of passion, I put a lot of energy and I don't tend to sleep a lot. And so I think that, that burnout was a really important topic for us to talk about. So me and Mega Max Star talk about this topic, we dig into it. I also did some research and looked at some of the warning signs and some of the solutions of what you can do if you are burning out. Because I think that we all do it in our own way. And I want to be able to be a, a resource for you guys. I want to be able to help you guys. And of course, this is a conversation. So this doesn't end with me recording this conversation. It doesn't end with me talking. It, it begins. We start a conversation and we go from there. So make sure that you're leaving your comments wherever you're listening to this so that we can continue to grow together. Because that's what FGC philosophy is all about. It's about leveling up inside and outside the virtual arena in a very literal way. That means getting better. That means getting growing. Getting growing? <laughs> that means growing every day incremental growth every day look up the word kaizen very important topic for me uh, i discovered it from a person named kaizen master but i digress i want to get into this topic want to get right into it so thank you guys so much and as always i hope you enjoy the show So today's episode is going to be about 
The Smash Brothers tournament that I put on, um, I, like hosting my first big tournament, I guess, quote, in quotation marks, big tournament, and then also the ensuing burnout and, and talking about like how you handle burnout, like what what is burnout and uh, where do you go when you do burnout or what do you do when you burn out? The first thing, the first question is just like, you know, what kind of tournament was it? Obviously, it was a Smash Brothers tournament um, for the public. It was our first public tournament. So a little bit of backstory. I mean, Max, you already know, but in case people are new and this is the first episode, I am a esports coordinator at Western Michigan University. Uh, that's in Kalamazoo. And I've been tasked with hosting tournaments at this arena that we have. It's really cool. We have a bunch of gaming computers and like a big screen and a sound system and lights and all that kind of stuff. But no one there really knew much about video games, let alone competitive gaming. And so fast forward, uh, we finally get our first one planned out, work with marketing, everything, and uh, we hosted a tournament. And it was, it, it went really well, honestly. Like, it went really well um, to kind of get a little bit of, like, ahead of myself. I, I was very stressful <laughs> for someone who's, who tries to be very nonchalant. But yeah, we had 51 entrants. Um, we had a, a good spectator turnout, which I, I apparently I didn't get a chance to see. I was too busy doing a lot of stuff. And then um, the most important thing to me was the fact that this the date got moved and it got moved to the same day as michigan masters which uh that's a tournament in detroit that's that's pretty decent size it's really well done i know the people who run it and uh, I, made, I made sure to let them know that i'm not trying to compete with them because i didn't want to have that like the person that runs it is really cool and i didn't want to have that that um like send the wrong message of like hey i'm hosting my first tournament i'm doing it on michigan masters like that that wasn't what i was trying to do um, and we streamed it, which was really cool too, because um, we're, we're trying to stream a little bit more. I think we made like three bucks from that stream. Apparently, I don't know from how subs or donations. I don't know. I have to go back and look through it. I just was huh. looking through some of the analytics and and getting it ready to send to um, our sponsors and stuff like that, so like they could see it. And um, one of the things on there was like three point something dollars, and I was like, what? <laughs> They're. Uh... What is it? Um, affiliates, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. WWE Esports is a Twitch affiliate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, possibly could be subs. Well, subs are what? Like it's $5, right? It's yeah, I was about to say. So, it's got to be donations. I guess. But after you take out the amount, because like my stream, I've never gotten a subscription before. So, I don't know. <laughs> Same. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think Twitch takes like $1.50 or something off of subs so i'm not sure how close much to it. yeah, yeah. i have to look at it again because i didn't really investigate it at that that, that closely but i'll, I'll go right. back and look at that some of the some of the questions that i have you know is just like you know what did i learn i think it's really important to pass on the knowledge and to make things better as well like i have a meeting every time we do any kind of event this is the first public one but i have like this long questionnaire of like what can we do better and like it gets really big into specifics mm -hmm. um, but the things that i learned from this one the, the key ones are i need to make sure i'm training more people and uh, I need to make sure that I need to know that I, I can't do everything myself. So to, to give a little backstory on that, like I was I was wearing two headsets for most of it. I had like a two way communicator with like the TOs yes. so that I could teach them how to do things. But I was also the person managing the stream and the the the, the big screen and the sound. Oh. So I was like doing all of that. And I, I didn't really think about it because like no one else but the um, uh, one of the, my, my student assistant knows how to do it, yeah. but I also didn't have any high quality casters. So I had him doing casting because he's not the most knowledgeable in smash, but he, he has a presence. He knows how to talk. He knows how to project his voice. He knows how to sound professional, talk about sponsors, like the whole shebang. So it was either have him be up there and kind of teach him how to do it. Um, and then possibly have two bad casters throughout. I don't want to say bad. I don't want to say bad. Cause like they're learning. Like a lot of these people were, were students. Like right. they were all student casters. Some of them did a great job. Um, there was one guy named pops who was hilarious. Like there was a, a spike that Yoshi, a Yoshi player got. And like, I can't replicate the funniness of it, but like Yoshi does the spike, you know, he hits him with the head. I think it's his Ford. Yeah. Ford it's just fair. Yeah. yeah. And 
Like the dude just goes hit him with the noggin, hit him with the knowledge. <laughs> I'm just like me and um, one other guy upstairs is like just started cracking up, and I'm like, damn, that was hilarious. that was pretty good. I gotta find that clip because it's so hilarious. That's super funny. But yeah, so I was doing way too much. My boss actually, this is the first time he really like sat for the whole tournament, and he was just like, we need to get you more help. Like you shouldn't be doing, like you shouldn't be the cameraman and the director. And I was like shit you're right <laughs> and that that was like the big click moment for me it was just like I, i'm doing way too much and then like i'm I, I say yelling at but i had to be very stern with some of the the to's so i had three three to's i had two student helped um and I, I i trained them one guy had a little bit of experience but not in fighting games this is like a different beast because there's games like multiple people going on not like one team getting up and getting down it's like this match is done. Okay, move this person. This match is done. Yeah. Two matches just finished. People are waiting. There's a stream set up, so you have to get someone on the stream, which is why I had a second TO. And then I also had my boss who we have – my bosses and I have a relationship where when there's an event going on, I'm their bosses. That's that's their agreement that they set with me. So I'm, I'm in my headset yelling at these guys saying, like, you know, what's going on? What's taking so long? Like, you know, they're having questions. I'm like, you need to pick one thing. Like, so I'm usually very nice, and you know that. Yeah. But when there's a tournament or an event going on, it's like you have to pick one choice and go with it, even if it's the wrong choice. You just stick with it and you do it. And so I had to, like, get these people to just go, do it, keep doing it. Um, and they all understood. And, you know, I, I made sure, like, I, I tried to help them understand that I'm not trying to be a jerk. I know you guys, you know, are helping out, and I really appreciate it. Um, but everyone wanted to be a success and for for that to happen i had to be that person and i understand people more when you like you go to a tournament and you see the to like the hado like he's super nice but he's also super direct with people he needs to be direct with yeah it's the same case with pretty much anybody but you also like treat them really well yeah so i definitely learned uh a lot um I also like some of the things i got like feedback wise is um the, the, some of the rule sets like i knew one thing i was going to get flack for and that was i changed the time from five minutes from seven minutes to five minutes oh that's <laughs> not good that's really short for yeah, ultimate my god yeah no because it's usually seven or eight minutes i'm trying to remember the seven, exact time yeah, yeah. it's been a bit but yeah seven minutes is definitely <laughs> five minutes is not good yeah there was one point where uh when i was gonna tl it was a smaller tournament um over a glitch and they were like, they they were talking about setting the time to like three minutes. I'm like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Don't put that to three minutes. Wow. Uh-uh. Just make it like not best of fives or something or make it round robin if you really want it to be that short. Because mm -hmm. they wanted it to be short. But I'm like, don't don't boggle down the game time. It makes it really awful. Yeah. And so I knew getting into it that I would get feedback on that one. Mm -hmm. I think that was like one of the biggest things that I changed. I tried to keep the maps and everything the same. Uh, but to your point, it's like you, it's really important to understand why those rules are already there. And when you don't, it, it can be very negative. Like luckily for yeah. me, the, the tournament itself was like really, it went really well. And that issue didn't come up too much except for like in grand finals. It did happen to Dart, uh, 2D QD as well. Uh, oh, she, she, I think she lost around uh, because of that reason. She she let me know it as well. <laughs> <laughs> she like found the video and sent it to me, and I was like, <laughs> oh, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Oh, I, I, but I already knew, so I was like ready to take that feedback. Yeah. And um, next time, because like the tos were so new that I knew there was going to be a lot of downtime. Like I went back and watched the vods, and like there was 15 minutes, 10 to 15, sometimes 20 minutes before the next stream match happened, and like and before they even sat down. Not like you know, okay, they're changing their configuration. It was like before the next match, like the next players even sat. down down yeah that time got shorter and shorter throughout the tournament um so that was really nice um now next time people are more aware i know how to train people a little bit better yeah seven minutes is going to be that rule which is uh in case anybody who who has been went to the last tournament or is going to the next one just so you just so you guys know and i know it's stage choice is also it's 
easily the hardest in terms of smash rule sets like mm-hmm. doing stage lists because there's a lot of stages that i like personally that can waver between being banned or yep. like a counter pick stage yep. stuff like uh wario wear or sometimes castle siege i know the issue behind castle siege but wario wear i love wario wear but it's it's uh Is that the one where they like have random things pop up at you like a little no lady? well the legal stage it's very small it has um the one base platform and then it has two platforms that are symmetrical one being slightly big and then the other one being slightly smaller than the next mm-hmm. one and it's a super small stage you barely have any space to like not barely but you have enough space to like move around but Kill percentages are super high or super low. So like if you're playing like a heavy like King K rule or something and you do like a forward smash at like 70%, you'll probably kill someone, mm. honestly. And people hate that, especially, but I think it's a good, in in my opinion, I think it's a good way to counteract stages like uh, Pokemon Stadium 2, which is one of the largest stages in the game. So it's like, okay, if you don't like the stage, you can ban it out. But of course, I also understand why people just don't, wanted in general because i guess it can be bad and it's very Mm -hmm. lean towards heavier characters (laughs) that makes sense it's tough who do you play i play oh man i like pokemon trainer but i i just don't have like a character that i feel uh in smash 4 i played cloud but um Hmm. i don't like him now in ultimate i don't like him as much he's he's different um but smash smash Four was like the first game I took myself like very seriously mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I wasn't that good, but like I took time and I dedicated myself to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like Pokemon Trainer. Um, I'm liking Joker. I might play him more, but I, I haven't played. Him yet. Yeah. I haven't played much, honestly. Um, but Joker, the when he came out, he was super fun to play. His play style is very much like uh, Chic in a way, but like hmm. cloud because he has a limit. Um, his kill power is really weak, but once he has his persona out, he has like super good kill power. Yeah. I watched a video from a YouTuber called, the channel's called the Keef Crew. Oh yeah, Chief Keef. Yeah, Chief Keef. Yeah, uh, yeah. The boy that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's boy, awesome. That's just crazy. I yeah. love him. He, uh, he did like a, uh, what Joker players act or, you know, like those videos that he did. Yeah, I love those videos so much. I got some insight as to how the character works from his point of view, <laughs> which may not be the best. His videos are the best, honestly. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're I, I think they're right on point every time he uh, makes it like, you know, <laughs> this is how this character is. Well, what he's, he said, um, because I, there was a character that he was talking about and I play that character and he's like, if you play this character, you know, basically he said, like, if you play this character, you eat ass. <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't play that character. I don't yeah. know what it was. I was like, dang. <laughs> I gotta go back and watch it. It was, it was, I love those videos where like, if you play this character, this is what you're like if you play this character. Back when like, I remember when they, oh, shoot, I'm trying to remember. I think it was when Melee got taken out of the Evo lineup. He made like a really funny video oh, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, what about me? Where am I at? Yeah. Like, nobody didn't tell you? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Oh my god. Oh um, man. But to the to the point of maps though, another another one that I, I didn't write this down, but another point is like doing your research. The one thing that I knew for sure was uh, like I knew I was gonna change the time and I was gonna get stuff for that. But um like I, I talked to a lot of Smash players in the community about like rules and about the maps. It's just the most difficult thing to yeah. like, figure out, honestly. But I I, w- I will say uh, like so what I did was I asked Darcy and like she actually showed me the official like Michigan Smash rules. 
which I, I had found on my own, but I didn't know if that was like the most reliable. So yeah. the fact that she referenced it too made it like it made it a lot easier for me to make that rule set yeah. and, and probably not get a lot of crap for it. Cause like no one really complained about any of the rule sets except for like one other thing that was just kind of ambiguous and not really needed and never came up anyway. Yeah. It was like, um, I think I changed that before the tournament even came out. It was like, you, you have like 15, like two minutes or something like that before you are disqualified for taking too long or something like that. It, it didn't really become an issue. It was, it was something really stalling. Random. Yeah. That's a pretty common. It's like before you even start the game. Oh, if you're just sitting at the character select screen or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. So I, I understood, and I didn't think it was that. Like she, uh, they got, I got good input from her and a few other people, and then um, also, you might not know who this is, but Emilio King. Yeah, I do know who you're talking okay, about. Yeah, he came down. He actually, I rented the consoles from him, mm. which is another good point to make sure you you can secure the consoles. Originally, we we're going to have the students like donate, not donate, but uh, lend theirs. Yeah, but. They're, they're college students and yeah. parties happen and there was a party the same day so a lot of them didn't show up some of them did yeah. um, but not enough for what we needed so we actually rented from him and he also still competed he got like top four actually but yeah yeah, yeah. um but i got i got feedback from him i asked him a lot of questions before he came down mm. we talked about stuff so research is like if you're planning on doing a tournament and you're not like the the expert subject matter guy talk to people do research um double check your research cross-reference it with like with people asking about it because I think other than, like, the time and the five-minute rule, like, how long it took for the tournament to finish yeah. and the five-minute the five minute rule, like, the main two things that people, like, gave me feedback on, like, really consistently. So that's, that's I think, the most input that I can give yeah. so far. Did anything happen ruling-wise where somebody, like, I guess you might have had a weird situation where you're not sure if you were right or wrong? Because that's happened to me before, and it's, it's a very tough it, – it, it, it's, like, it's a tough decision to make as a T.O., Oh, so I don't know how to word this, but what happened was like in Smash is weird. So in other fighting games, I know that when you when you win a match, you're locked to that character. Yeah. OK, I know where you're going. But after. in Smash, that's not the case. And this was one guy picked the character and he won. And then he picked a different character after doing the character select. And I was like, I remember reading this in the rules, but like there was so like I have like I could show you the notes. There's like a laundry list of rules. So this one. I didn't remember. So I, what I had to do, because like I was like, let me just think about this logically for a second. Because they were this is like top eight or top sixteen. Yeah. So it's like there's no way he got to top sixteen and doesn't know how to play this game rule wise. So I like I had one of the tos give the headset to Darcy, uh, to two D cutie, and like had her explain this to me because I think Amiibo King was in a match and she had just like I think she had just got eliminated unfortunately. Ah, oh, I gotcha. And so I, yeah, I was unsure, but instead of like what I did rather than just like making a decision, you. Ask somebody who actually knew. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's been doing Smash Brothers tournaments for a while, so she knows the rules. Yeah, and she plays in them. I, I ran into the one big tournament that I did at at Glitch. I think it was like seventy people or something. It was huge, honestly. But yeah. there was a rule that some there were one of the rules was that that like some people were applying and telling what people like telling people that, and they didn't ask us tos about it. But like later on, they would be like, "Hey, am I stuck locked onto my character?" And I'm like. No. Yeah. And then there was one that came up too that I felt bad because uh, they were like, yeah, I lost to this guy because of the, you know, the bannings. And I'm like, oh, just tell me what happened. And he's like, oh, well, he told me after the round's over, you, the bans are permanent. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, that's not true. You re, you redo bans every time. Like on stages bans. He was like, yeah, no, the stages stay banned throughout the whole set. And it's like, mm -mm, that's not how that works at all. Uh-uh. Yeah, I felt bad for him. And he's like, yeah, we were just forced to go to this stage. I'm like, what do you mean forced? 
I I hope that person that told him that was just misinformed and not a jackass. He, I think he was misinformed, okay. but I don't know. Because he was decent. I'm trying to remember. He might have got... I definitely know he probably got top 32. He was doing decent. Yeah, it's stuff like that where like there's nothing you can do about it because if you don't know about it, like there's an issue and they don't say anything, mm-hmm. then like, you know... There's nothing you can really do. Yeah. Sucks. So anybody out there that's unsure about a rule at any tournament, don't be afraid to ask a TO because nobody's going to get mad at you. Yeah. That we're here to help. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to win, make sure you use all the information to your best availability. Like ask yeah. those TOs those questions. That's what they're there for. They're there to enforce and to explain the rules and to keep things organized. Yeah. And I come from playing Yu-Gi-Oh! too. I don't know if you've ever played a card game in a terms of like competitive standpoint, the worst, mm-hmm. actually the worst, because people are, there's a word, there's a word that people use rule sharks. And if something doesn't go the way that they want it to, or something like that, they'll try and like rule shark you. And they'll try and be like, Nope, you can't do that because of this. And then you have to raise your hand, wait for a judge. And then the judge has to tell you whether or not something's right or wrong and what to do in the certain situation. Cause there's a lot of like really weird gray points that you have to like have a judge just, it's the worst because I went to, um, I think it was in Michigan, a Michigan uh, regional. And if you do really well, you get a, uh, I'm trying to remember how, I think it's like top eight or something, gets a invitation to go to like Worlds or something. Or I think you have to get like so many points or something like that. But I did really awful, but I had a lot of fun doing it. But man, people rule shark so bad when they want to win. So it's like, okay, it's, it's weird. But I can see that. Yeah, but it's also understandable because, like, if something's happening that you know isn't supposed to happen, call for a judge, you know? Yeah. So. What was your record? Oh, not good. I lost every game. <laughs> Damn, I went, okay. I went like, 0-4, and then I dropped. Oh, so, was it Brown Robin or something? Uh, No, it was, Um, do you know what Swiss is? It's used in most card games. So, basically, it's a round setup where um, everybody plays somebody each round, and it's not bracket or anything. But at, um, at the end of it, let's say there's like eight rounds, right? Whatever your record is at the end of the eight rounds, that's where you're placed. So you can have multiple first place. Let's say you're 3-0, then the next round you're playing against somebody else who's also 3-0. So it matches you up against people who are doing just as good as you or just as bad. Interesting. Yeah, it's a really cool system and it makes it really easy because anybody can drop and then you can just give the win to whoever was going to play hmm. or anything like that. Or you can set it up really easily otherwise. That's pretty cool. I'm thinking about doing some Hearthstone stuff at the arena. Yeah, Hearthstone, I it's tough because when I TO'd Hearthstone, Hearthstone takes a while. But there's a new format that's available now. It's the specialist format. That's like the quote unquote main format that I'm not a fan of. But like it's the format that they're going for now. But uh a lot of people like to bring control decks and control decks can take like an hour almost it's awful so like and the the tournament that i was running the one time that actually had a good turnout um it took like all night and we had to actually cut it short is that what you call a fireside gathering or is that yeah it's both like you can have it both be casual and competitive at the same time um but i i was doing best of threes i think Mm. yeah and that was not good no um because like it took way too long and it's just not worth oh no actually i didn't do best of threes i just did double a limb double a limb took forever 
Um, so I was thinking I have, I never got the chance to do another one, but, um, the next one I wanted to do was Swiss format makes it way easier. I would think. Interesting. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. I'll have to consult you on that later on. Yeah. Were you using Chalonge for your tournament? You were using something else. I used Mash DG. Okay. And it was widely appreciated. That's good. Um, when <laughs> yeah. we did ours, we did Chalonge and Chalonge did really well for us yes. but we later found out stuff that was like oh this could have been way easier where you can set up like if you send somebody like if you say like a turn uh current match is happening mm -hmm. you can place them at like specific tables and you mm -hmm. can number it mm -hmm. we didn't know about that the one we did that and that was like oh i watched like three hours of tutorials and like a re i did like three hours of research a good, a good number of hours on research like learning chalon or learning smash eg watching their videos because they have like actual videos that they posted in that's like super reading nice forms. it's it's far more complicated than challenge and not as user-friendly but you can do so much more and it's also oh, like seating like so a lot of smash players have seating and like since yeah. whenever a player registered uh what i would do is i would actually build the bracket in like i guess not real time but whenever they would apply i get an email notification with like the information so i could look them up yeah. so anyone who had a smash GG account, I could find them, and then they would get an email notification. Um, to your point, though, one thing I didn't do that I I want to do but didn't know how to go about doing was posting the brackets beforehand. Mm. Um, one because I hadn't mastered the seeding quite yet, because there is a built-in seeding feature, but also there like some of these players compete maybe not on Smash GG, so some of them are seeded by the community, like by 2D Cutie. Yeah. Like she'll do the seedings manually. That's good. Um, but it's I, good I that we feedback. have something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really nice. Like um, one of the best players, the guy who actually won Suna. Um, you might know him, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I don't know if he was at the main one I was at. I okay. He, he's I've seen him a couple of times. He's been to glitch before as yeah. well. But uh, he he um I had him look at the brackets. I had uh, Amiibo King look at the brackets as well because he knew a lot of the higher level players, and like. That was one of the things I was really, really, really concerned about was the seeding and, and how to do that. But like to my point, though, I didn't post the brackets so that people can look at it and kind of see who their opponents were, which I, I wanted to because then you can kind of build some, anim like, yeah. uh, not animosity. Uh, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Excitement. You can, like, build excitement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an A word, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I wanted... Uh, pretty much, yeah. You can build hype for um, it's marketing wise. It's like you want to get more eyes on you. Yeah. So from a, mar a marketing perspective, it's like you post those brackets. You have more people looking at you, and then it's like, oh, some players will look at the brackets and say, oh, there's good players coming there. Then I want to go. Like you mm. might have the opposite, where like, oh, there's good players going to be here. I'm not going to win. But you're you're trying to attack attract competitive players. They want to be where the good players are. Right. So for the most part, um, posting your brackets ahead of time if you can do so, like the attendees. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, don't post, like, the actual bracket bracket, but you could definitely put in, like, the list of people. Yeah. I know, like, Evo has done that, where it just kind of shows, like, the names or other, like, kind of smaller majors. Yeah, and uh, what you can also do with, like, Smash EG is you can post the pools. So you, you can seed them into pools, but oh, not show cool. the brackets yet, okay. I believe. Um, I'm not 100% sure. What I had done was, like, I was putting them into the different pools because I created four pools of, like, a 16 max. Uh, so 64-player cap. Divided by four, I think that's 16, right? Six, Yeah, yeah, 16. Yeah, yeah so 16 players and in each bracket was like a cap. And so I would just like throw them into there based off of their seating. And it has an auto seating uh, function in it as yeah, well. Yeah, that's super nice. Yeah, but you can move them around manually. So it gives you the option of auto and then you can that's go back good. and fine tune it. Yeah, because I know 
Smash players, I don't know why, but Smash players specifically, they're very, very like on seating. Yeah, yes. it's like their main thing. I don't like. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I just like, man, these guys really care about seating. They want to be put where they deserve to be put. <laughs> yeah, they're very like high. <laughs> they want to do things more than like they. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anybody complain about seating as much as the Smash community. I remember like Leffen was a really big. Leffen is that. the like dude to talk about seating. He. I'm trying to remember what was the last major he talked about that like sometime this year. I don't know if yeah. it was Comic Breaker or what it wasn't Comic Breaker. It was I think it might have been Comic Breaker because I was hanging out with um Born Free. Uh, yeah, he's like, a, he's like an interview guy, and um, he was talking about that, and I was like, "Dang!" Yeah, he had like a major long Twitter posts, just essays he long of just being so mad at seating, and I'm like, "All right, dude, I understand." And I mean, there were some people also jumping on it, but I'm like. Man, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not as always like easy as it seems, and also yeah. there's, sometimes there's bigger priorities than just seating. Like, if you're really good, you're gonna get to the top. Like, yeah. it is. It does suck when you eliminate two really good players right away. But uh, from my point of view, like, I, I do think that seating is good from a marketing standpoint because yeah. you don't want your best players to eliminate each other. Um, but that's not for the players benefit that's for entertainment purposes yeah unfortunately uh, or i guess fortunately but so from my point of view it's like if you're the best then you're going to beat everyone else so like it, like if you, like i understand the frustration but at the same time it's like quit complaining because if you're the best you're going to win if you're not then you lose to the person that's better than you yeah i think maybe it's because smash is super matchup heavy in a weird way i guess and yeah. it's super weird but like you know especially when you have like one pro player going against another pro player like Obviously, someone's going to be salty at the end of the day because it's like, well, yeah. I got a loss in pools or something. It's like, okay, sorry. Right. Yeah, I, I sometimes wonder about like, I don't want to get too deep into this because I do want to get to the other area. Yeah. Like, if, if the format of fighting games were somehow you were ha you had to fight like a larger majority of players, like um, Street Fighter League, I'm really fascinated by. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know much about it. No, I don't. Um, so essentially, it's a three-on-three -three format Okay. where the players... Um, they did a draft. Day one was like draft day where they picked their two teammates by uh, forcing them to play each other. And what, what it is is essentially each player – it's a double round robin first off. So each team plays every other team twice. Okay. Um, and that, that's the most important part. I won't go into the details of like the other stuff, which is really, yeah. is really, really fascinating. And maybe I'll talk about this in another episode. Like yeah. Street Fighter League is really, really – I like it a lot. But what's cool is they have to like go through and fight each player twice. And so it like – it or each each team twice – I think I know what you're talking about. And his character bands too. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember, I don't remember when it was. It might have been Evil Japan or something weird where they had something similar for Third Strike. Oh, yeah. That's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. That was super cool to watch because it's three people. Yeah. And like, um, I remember I watched Eris talk about it, Avoiding the Puddle. Mm -hmm. Him. He talked about how cool, like, uh, it is because in a matchup, like in a best of setting, some characters are just awful. But like when you're able to like set up like you're playing uh, 12 or something, yeah. it's like obviously 12 is a really bad in the best of three. But if you're playing him just for one match, yeah. like it's very interesting and cool. I'm like, yeah, that's actually really neat. So I, I, I like yeah, that. that. I, I think those are usually first to ones, though. Yeah. Yeah. So this is actually best two out of three. That's cool, though. Yeah, I still think that's really neat. I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, um, it's. I, I could talk about it for a while. Anyways, uh, I think I think we we touched pretty good on like what I what I learned and like this the, the tournament and stuff like that. So I do want to like update as I do more tournaments. I think it's good to like yeah for me to to talk about this because again most of the people at my job are non gamers. So like a lot of it, a lot of the things when I go over it, they 
they don't give me that insight and like feedback, like the the gamer side feedback. They give yeah. me like the business side feedback, which is good. But I need I need that other I need to like decompress in the other way. So talking to the players and talking to like you know having a conversation with you, especially if it's Smash related, because we're going to do more <laughs> Smash tournaments. That turned yeah. out really well. It's probably the only fighting game we'll do for a while at that arena. But <laughs> it's popular and it's super nice because it's very casual friendly. Yes. so it's so, nice. More to come from those. Um, but the the more fun topic <laughs> of burning out. <laughs> uh, that's that's a topic I think I, I have to decompress about, and I thought about it for a while. And it's been a while since the event, so I've had time to like relax take my vacation all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, but i think the first thing beforehand is to kind of establish what i'm talking about when i say burnout um so i do have a list like i'll go over my definition but i also have a list of just different symptoms of burnout and just in case you guys are going through it in your own way and this could be either at your job or it could be you know with what you're doing like what your passion is because sometimes we have our passions but sometimes they burn us out because either we're not making enough doing them or like we're not seeing enough progress the reasons are different but i'll just go down the line of of the symptoms that i have here i picked like some of them that i think applied the best um and I'll, I'll alter a few but the first one is uh, you have you become cynical or critical at work or whatever it is that you're doing so basically like you may have had a positive outlook but then all of a sudden you just are very cynical or, or just very like critical and always nitpicking everything and that there's many reasons why that can be and i don't want to get too deep into that especially if it's work, work related because i i've been there where like um, I'm, I tend to be the person who's not as cynical. Like when I'm, when I got older, that's, uh, I, I forced myself to not do that because it's just not healthy in my opinion, but that's, that's one indicator. Uh, do you drag yourself to work or whatever you're doing and have trouble getting started? So like, do you have an issue with just like actually getting started? Like, are you basically, do you have a lack of motivation to do it? And then kind of on the flip side is like, do you have a lack of energy? Um, to be consistently productive, which that's pretty hard. And I know this, like these, these are not my warning signs. These are signs that I got um, through, I think like, uh, it was like WebMD or something along those lines. It was like a doctor. I, I need to get their name so I can actually reference it. Um, so that when I put it in the show notes, but I'll go back and find that. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I feel like some of these are just people aren't, are not like, you, you could be different reasons, but like multitudes of these. So don't think about it in isolation of one of these things, just like multiples of these things. The next one would be, you know, is it hard to concentrate, uh, concentrate on what you're doing? Like, do you have a hard time concentrating on the task at hand? Are you, is your mind wandering a lot? Have you lost interest? Is there a lack of satisfa uh, satisfaction from your achievements? So you're, you're doing a lot, you're achieving a lot, but is there a lack of satisfaction? Um, and then have you been disillusioned by whatever it is, like your job, like you're disillusioned by the job itself or you're disillusioned by this goal that you might have? Um, oh, this is an interesting one. Are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel. <laughs> and, uh, that, I think that's a really good indicator. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to hate on anyone for doing any of those three things by any means. Um, but that could be an indicator combined with all these other things. And the last one is like, have your sleep habits changed? And a lot of times that can be an indicator because you have too much in your mind and either you're, you're distracting yourself at night, which I, I, I struggle with that. That's more so ADD wise than like, like motivation wise. Um, but again, in relation to all these other things. But at, at the point of this tournament, leading up to this tournament, this was the case where I, I, I wasn't necessarily getting cynical, but I was getting very critical. Mm -hmm. um, and then like also he's not my boss, but he's the person who owns the arena and he was getting like he was getting nervous. So like I was getting residual like not burnout, but like residual anxiety from him. Um, he's a nice person. He's a hard worker, but like he just knows so little and like he didn't have enough details and stuff like that. And he was just like, are we, you know, is this done? Is that done? How's this going to work? And like he didn't know enough to even like understand if it was going to be okay. And I was like, it's going to be okay. I got it. But like in my head, I was like, do I got this? You know, I started questioning myself. I was like, is this good enough? I, I like, I started like, 
making sure everything was like, I was starting to nitpick things. I was like, this has to be perfect and all this other stuff. Um, I, I was, I wasn't not motivated, but I, I was really concerned with making sure everything went well. And, um, like, so some of these issues weren't the case for me, but like what happened afterwards is like, the, so I had the smash with this tournament and then immediately after I had another event, which was like a invitational against another university. So we had our university club team playing against a varsity team. And, uh, I was in charge of planning that one too. And that was like literally the day after. So I went like worked a 12 hour shift, then had to go right back to the arena to plan for the next one and get ready. And I'm always the first one there and the last one to leave. Like that's, that's not a rule. That's, that's just me. I have, I have to be that person. Um, I set up, make sure everything is correct. And so the next day I had to leave early because I just felt like sick. Mm-hmm. My body was hurting. I had like a fever. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't have anything. It was just, my body was just like, I felt like crap. So like for me, a lot of times my stress comes physically. So my, my body just like kind of shuts down and I just can't do anymore. And so like I had to take a four day vacation, took some vacation time and just hung out with my family and just hung out with my son and played games and relaxed because I just, I was too stressed, had too much anxiety. And, um, like I really wasn't enjoying the satisfaction of like the job well done. Like I, I was that person who had, like I had, I achieved something. Like I had a great tournament and in my mind, I knew I was satisfied. Like I, I did a good job, but like physically and mentally, I was just like, I don't even care. I'm so like tired and stressed out. And that was stressful. Like, Oh, I want to do another one, but man, like I don't want to feel like this afterwards. And it's a, it's not a good feeling, but before I get into like the, the tips and stuff, like um, I guess your thoughts on that topic. Yeah, um, I guess I could talk about my experiences too. Yeah. Um, I I previously like one of the first couple jobs I've had was like food related, not exactly fast food, but um, definitely worked at a restaurant and then like kind. It's not fast food, but it's kind of close. Um, and I realized like I hate working that. I felt burnt out every day on the day, and every single one of these things that you've like listed, that was what that was like. Yeah. Even like dragging myself to work kind of stuff where I was just like, I don't want to go. Like, I really don't. And I I found it a little easier for me, like just to first off, like, you know, think about the positives. Um, I like to find myself like a pretty decently positive looking person, optimistic. Um, But I I mean, at that time, I just I grabbed another job because I'm like, I'm not doing this job. And, you know, I just kind of made a change for myself. But kind of recently, at least with my job. I got into, there was like a bunch of things that happened all at once. Like I got a ticket for speeding and I was like, man, this sucks. Mm. And then something happened at work too, for like towards me. I'm like, man, this is, I was just like on a downfall what it felt like. But then like I started up that um, other podcast that I started up and other things too. And it just, that helps a lot. Just getting my mind off things and then just kind of working towards something else that I find fun exciting that helps me a lot um but yeah burnout is tough it's hard to like take care of that and i've had a little bit of that with dragon ball now too like i love the game and i'm waiting i'm really waiting for kid goku to come out and mm-hmm. hoping to god that he's just gonna be like super fun and i'm gonna love it because i mean i've been grinding for like you know the last couple of days here and there i play like once every couple of days when i get the chance and it definitely gets to the point where i'm like Oof, this is burning me. Like, but um I've taken I'm taking a lot of breaks in between so it doesn't like stop me entirely. Um Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and like depending on what the situation is, 
Like sometimes you're in situations where you you know you don't want to be in them and you're being burnt out. And those th- that, I feel like the solutions to those are different. So I'll, I'll kind of tackle some of those yeah. first um, because like I've had a lot of jobs that I've hated. Mm-hmm. And after I after enduring, I got my coaching training because when I I moved to San Diego and like I went on this like journey like from 24 years old to like you know. Uh, 30-ish, a little before I was 30. Like, I was on this journey. Like, I changed my mindset. Like, I changed my exercise. And, like, I was far more productive-minded. Like, you couldn't really – it didn't matter how crappy the job was. I would force myself to, like, just look at the opportunities, you know, think about this. Like, like you have to be a realist and acknowledge that things are not always ideal. Like, the situation is not ideal. I don't want to be in it, whatever. But um, it just – it didn't drag me down. I didn't focus on that. So, like, I just didn't bog me down. So, you're playing a fighting game. Are you focusing on the fact that you should have an input or that this character is OP? Or are you just uh, focusing on, like, how you can win or how you can learn? It's, like, a different perspective. And it's going to be a different, different emotional reaction to that. And then what was tough was when I moved back to Michigan. Um, my, my dad was sick. And so, and I was working at a job, like I was working at that game studio I was talking about earlier. And so I was working remotely and this is by the time I was, I was a leader of everything. So I was overseeing everything and then also trying to get a job and like, you know, taking care of my, my dad and my family. Cause you know, he was sick at the time. He's better now, but uh, at the time he was, he was sick. And so like, it was a lot. And I worked at Lowe's on improvement for four years during this time. And I was also going to coaching training, um, commuting to Chicago every now and then to, to do, to become a coach, become a professional coach. And, um, I had, it took everything in my power to like, cause cynicism and like burnout, I think is, is contagious. So if you're around really cynical people that rubs off on you and you're going to be more susceptible to burnout because your mindset's going to change or like, you know, there's, there's physical burnout too. So a lot of times I just put too much hours into something and then I just like, I don't sleep enough. Your body shuts down. That's a different kind of burnout. But to my point though, is, is there's, there's some things that you can do in, when you're in situations that you don't want to be in, but you have to be in them because it's a, a means to an ends. Like sometimes you have a job and like, until you find a better one, it's, it's, you, you have it. Um, so one of the simplest things, and I, one of the first things I can mention, one of the most important, but it would take hours and hours to really break this down, but just maybe you can do your own research on it, is like altering your mindset to the situation. If you're stuck in it, how can you find it to where you you find it more pleasurable? You know, how can you focus on things? The next thing is avoiding people who are cynical. Um, I'm very selective about who I hang out with, like, for a long, extended period of time. Like, it, it takes a while for me to open up to people because I know how impactful being around people who are, like, continually cynical can be. So I don't I don't want to be around it. Like, people who aren't, like, high achieving, I just – I like those people. They're fun. But if you're not trying to pursue something on your own, and, and that's fine. Everyone has their own lifestyle. But for me, like, there's a, there's a saying of you're, your five, you're the average of your five closest friends. And that, that originally was – regarding to financial. Like if you look at the five closest friends, you probably make an average of how much they're making. But I think it also, I, I, I know it also applies to your habits, your mindset, your, your, your diet even. Your diet can be the average of your five closest friends more than likely because you're going to eat similar food. You're going to have similar interest. And like I'm not saying to like just cut off ties with your family members or your right. friends or anything like that, but you just have to limit that. You have to limit how much you take. It's like moderation. It's just like, you know, I'm not saying cut off all, all junk food. Just eat it in moderation um, because it, it's it's not bad for you in small doses, but in large doses, it's not very healthy. Um, and then sometimes the simplest thing is just finding a new job um, or finding a new outlet or whatever it is, that, like that situation that you're in. It could be you're like a relationship. Sometimes people stay in relationships too long. I've been that guy. And sometimes you just have to like face it. And it's like it's hard to say that. And I'm not saying like just quit your job right now and, and go live life. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But just look at things objectively and say – 
can I, do I really have to be in a situation? Like, can I find a new job? Will it start, so have you been applying the jobs? Like just being self-reflective essentially. Yeah. But for the situations where um, you are, like you do have a job that you, you, you think you would like, or you, you know that you have a passion for it. There's bigger goals that you want to achieve. Um, some of these I have written down, but I also like, I, I also agree with a lot of these things. Um, the first one is, is taking a vacation and fully unplugging. Uh, so get rid of like social media and, and, and gets like, it doesn't have to be a pay. Like I stayed at home. I just stayed with my family. That was my vacation. I got out in nature a little bit, but that's another one that I think it's not on my list, but like getting out in nature for me is, is very grounding. Um, I, I'm trying to remember someone said it like really interestingly, but like, uh, I guess the way that I'll put it is, is being in nature kind of helps you get away from all the bullshit. It's like nature is just there. You experience it, you know, just let it yourself, like get off your cell phone, just experience it. Whether you like the beach or you like the, the desert, whatever it is, whatever kind of nature, you, I think everyone has different things. Like I like the ocean and I like the forest. So I'll go like biking through the forest or hike, like jogging through the forest. So I'll go to the beach and just chill and like lie down and absorb some sun. Um, find what works for you. Um, I, li I like this one. It says forget balance and find harmony. And that kind of alludes to what I was talking about earlier was just like uh, altering your mindset. Um, because sometimes you can't balance everything because not everything is the same amount of weight <laughs> and, and it's going to be hard. So sometimes just accepting things as they are is, is like really, really useful to be able to do that because life, life happens. Um, another one is, um, know your breaking point. I challenge, I struggle with this one. I push myself too hard. Um, but I think if you don't push yourself, then it's hard to find your breaking point. So, you know, for me, it's like, yeah. maybe I should sleep more. <laughs> That's my breaking point. Yeah. Um, and then you actually alluded to this too, which is uh, pursue your passion. Because sometimes things that are burning you out, and this, this is in regards to things that you don't like doing and things that you do like doing that are burning you out, is pursuing things that you're passionate about. Because uh, this this gets into uh, Tony Robbins, who's a motivational speaker, coach, person. I might have mentioned to you before, but yeah. um, he talks about the six human principle needs, not water and air and stuff like that, <laughs> but... The one in this sense is um, there's, I can't remember all six, but there's um, the, the ones that are relevant now are significance. Um, like, you know, do you feel significant in some sense? A lot of people, they do things because they prioritize significance. They, you know, they'll be a jerk because they want to feel significant. Like the, the, the rule sharks you're talking about, they probably just want to feel in control. Oh, yeah. So they're just, they're doing that. They're rule sharking because they want to feel significant. Um, some people, this is my personal one. Like everyone prioritizes different ones, but growth is mine. Like if, if I'm not having growth, I get depressed. Like it's just straight up. If I'm not doing something that's, that's letting me grow, if I'm not pursuing some sort of passion that I like, whether it be my guitar or editing or art, it doesn't matter. Um, if I'm not doing something, I will get depressed. Um, there's, there's four other ones. Like one is love and connection, which is like, you know, feeling loved and also like giving it. Uh, another one is contribution. Um, are you like some people, they have to be philanthropic or they have to be charitable. They, that's that's what makes them feel like feel better. Um, so it's like finding that finding that passion um, and then finding your passion that aligns within that because like it might be growth for you, like just from your natural like personality. And it's not just one, you know, there's multiple ones. And they're, they're all important. There's some are prioritized higher than others it's different for everyone too yeah most definitely um that said you know for you, you know, what tips do you have or what thoughts do you have on the ones that i i think uh one thing for me too is just like kind of staying busy in a way mm. like um for me i get depressed when i'm literally doing nothing and yeah. i've had those points um especially like kind of very like soon after i graduated high school i definitely got to the point where i was getting just burnt out from doing literally nothing. And mm. I just, I had to find something for myself to do, whether that be, you know, a job, like 
doing some sort of video editing, anything like that, that like I just like to do, even just like going out with friends, that's like helpful a lot. It's yeah. hard. Like I'm not, of course, I'm not an expert on like depression or anything, but for me, it's hard to be depressed when I'm out with people that I care about, you know, out yeah. and about like doing whatever, hanging out with them. Like it helps a lot. Um, in terms of other burnout, like the job thing too. Um, definitely don't quit your job now. Find the job that you want first. That's that's the number one thing. Find the job that you want, secure it, then quit your other job. Like uh, in my experience, like a lot of people have been very understandable waiting for your two weeks to go through or whatever and then yeah. joining the next job. Yeah, if you find a job and they're not willing to do that, that might be a red flag. Yeah, that's already a red flag. <laughs> yeah. um, but just like, also I think like tilt is kind of like a small important thing too because you were talking a lot of things like burnout like especially like tilting too mm -hmm. in a weird way is kind of the same like making sure you're staying optimistic and just like making sure you kind of get yourself a mindset of what you want to do and try not to get caught up in the stir of the moment mm -hmm. um that definitely helps me at least like when i find an, a situation or something becoming very toxic for me i try to like leave it immediately or i feel like like even like uh a good example is like playing league yeah. playing league no, i'll play like i'll play like two games i'll do absolutely awful and then i'll stop because i know i'm getting tilted yeah. and i'll stop because like if i keep playing i'm gonna keep getting tilted and then i'm gonna get burned out and even then i'm still kind of burned out on league i haven't played league in like maybe a month now <laughs> i played last night for the first time in like a month oh, <laughs> i won but i had a, i had a teammate who um I was a jungler, mind you. And I'm I was doing the correct pings. Yeah, I, I was doing the correct pings and everything. I was playing as Vi and mid lane had a good gank opportunity. So I go in and I like it was a Zed against like we had a Zed against like a Malzahar or something like that. And I, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And I, I but I wound up getting the kill. And this person flipped the hell out. <laughs> Like he didn't point straight to it, but like I knew, like this this person was like already tilted, yeah. And like I, I was like, good job. Like that's all I, that's all I saw. Like he he cussed me out, and I said, good job. And he was yeah. like, don't talk to me. You, like <laughs> I, I don't want to say what he said to me, yeah, but <laughs> league players have no like censorship, man. Jeez, but yeah. yeah, no. So like in terms of league, um, my roommates they play well. My one roommate specifically, I he plays like league pretty often, like almost every other day. Mm -hmm. And he's like on that constant grind and he'll play if he's still tilted. He'll still like climb, but I can just tell like mentally it's just killing him sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, all right, man, I like I'm with you on that. There's um, I'm trying to remember what site it was, but it shows your uh, statistics, like literal statistics. And you can kind of compare them to like what other like average people of your um, rank. And there was one thing where there's a tilt score and it's a really interesting score because um. It just shows like if you've lost one game or you did bad on one game, how much does that like go into the games in the future? Uh, interesting. Yeah. And it's very interesting. And they were looking at it. I was like, my tilt score was really low and their tilt score was really high. So I was like, okay, I'm doing oh. good because I stopped playing when I'm getting tilted because I don't want to keep playing. Yeah. So it's that's, that's a fascinating mindset when people who like are ain't like Call of Duty is another good one. And like you can hate you like you can say in the middle of a game you hate something and then like. 
keep playing it. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get that. And you know, um, (laughs) it's a super important thing too. in like golf, I don't know. Do you play golf at all? You know, you're the second person today to talk to me about golf. That's interesting. I I got, I got a lesson on how to like do the hand hand posture, but no, I do not play golf. Okay. Um, so something that's super important for golf players is tilt. Actually, it's like one of the most important things. And, um, actually like golf players will have a special like person with them to, uh, talk them and talk to them and make sure they don't get tilted, stay in the optimistic mindset. Because if you like mess up a shot, it's killing you, man. Like you're all the way over on like the other side, you hit like, you hit like a sand dune or whatever. Um, and you're just like, I'm done. Like, this is it. Like I'm out. And, but like, they have to have somebody to like talk to you and like keep you motivated so you don't get tilted because it's, I don't know about golf, but somehow it's super easy to get tilted because it's, you know, one shot, that's all you got. And, you know, like par three, you have to three shots to get it right or, or less. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm four or five, I'm doing just the absolute worst now. I got a bogey. I got a double bogey. So it's, it's interesting, but like, um, definitely, surrounding surrounding yourself about with people who are like optimistic or who can keep you at least like happy is definitely a good kind of happy too not like alcohol substance kind of happy yeah i've had those friends in the past too it's like i mean i drink alcohol like no problem i was drunk yesterday and like you know what's funny is like i was like me and two other friends were like super drunk and we were talking about like person development books and like mind all like changing your mindsets and stuff like that yeah i I, I will talk about that no matter what mindset what what state (laughs) i am in i love that topic yeah i and i've known people who they go to western and you know they do the party stuff and it's after a while i like I just made a thing to myself like I can't go there anymore because I always put myself in an awful kind of mindset and it's yeah. just not fun. Yeah. One one kind of good story about like tilting is um so we have a club team and we have an Overwatch team so there's a varsity team and there's a academy team which obviously they're not as skilled. Um and during this season they had like zero wins. Mm. And the the head coach of the Overwatch team called me and was like, hey, can you like, you know, just help with a pep talk to these these players and talk about like tilting and stuff like that. And so I brought him in the room and with with the coach. Like he's he's um yeah, he's like the head coach of like the varsity team, but he also kind of oversees them. He's I think he's gonna be the actual coach, official coach next semester and retire from playing because he's a he's a the captain and the coach, basically. It's kind of hard. But anyways, so you know, I talked to these students and you know, I I actually you know, I think they were expecting like a lecture, but I was like, I, I want you to talk to me and tell me what's going on because I can't just talk at you about tilt without knowing what's going on in your brain. And so we had this conversation and like I explained to them about the mindset of like what like what what are your expectations going into this match? And like my, my main point is like altering your mindset when you're going into these games. Like for people who don't want to tilt because I've come across people who know they tilt and they think I have to tilt. That's just who I am. That's not that's 100 percent not true. That's backed by science. You can change your emotions. So I, I talked to these students and like I gave them gave them the pep talk, but like help them understand like it's it's your mindset. What are your expectations? And like I pinpointed the issues. And like when I did, I was like, see this is this right here. Like and then someone someone else would like kind of not call them on their bs but like they would say yeah i noticed this about you and they started talking because they were the ones that experienced like their teammates so one person who was a little bit more upbeat you know he's usually the anchor but if he gets pulled down then everyone else gets pulled down like emotional anchor and um you know i I wouldn't blame it on me per se but it was a very rewarding feeling when they finally got their first win of the season um afterwards like i felt i felt like pride and that's actually there's there's science behind that too i can't remember the the hormone per se it's like serotonin or or cortisol there's like a there's like a family 
um, enzyme that when someone else succeeds, you feel it as well. Okay. Um, I can't remember what, what that is. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself, but <laughs> yeah, it's serotonin or there's like some sort of family emotional chemical. But my point is, is that they, I think the fact that they weren't so focused on just winning, they were more focused on learning and improving and doing the best that they can. And that, I think that one that eliminated them from, from burning out because sometimes they'll burn out because they have certain expectations. Yeah. Or tilt. Um, tilt, I think, is like the, the, the short-term version of burnout. You know, yeah. it's like you just get to them. Definitely. Yeah. And so these, these people were able to let go a little bit because it's like their expectations weren't so high as – their expectations weren't focused in an in a outcome that always isn't – like you can't always say you're going to win because there's variables that don't involve you. You know, you don't, if, unless you know every single aspect of like your opponent's skill level and you've like, you know for sure that like you can beat the fact that they do this and that and this, there's, there's a possibility that you can lose because they're just objectively better. So having that expectation of just winning and that's it and not like learning about the situation or doing anything else, that's honestly, that's an unreal expectation to have when you're setting yourself up for failure. That's, that's my personal opinion. Like, yes, I always want to win when I'm in a tournament. Mm. I take that back. <laughs> I, I would like to win, but my main goal is usually to improve unless I'm just like tired. And then I'm, then like when I'm tired, when I get home from like, when I go straight from like work to Thursday, a lot of times I do just want to win. And like afterwards when I do Friday, cause I know Friday I have that, like that, that time to review the matches. Yeah. So I can go back and like, I can just like, I try to just turn off everything, turn off my expectations and just play my best, I should say. Yeah. And then on Friday, I know that I can go back and review it and like learn from it. That definitely, when I first started playing like competitively like Smash or something like that, I definitely was going into each tournament like I'm going to do well, I'm going to do good, I want to play well, and then I'm getting like, you know, O2'd or something like that. That happened to me a lot, of course. Like if you're a new player, like like I don't want to say like expect to do bad, but like don't be surprised if you do because it's normal, honestly, because like, you know, if you're around your friend group and you're like, I'm the best in my friend group, of course, then, you know, you just get blown back. But um, after coming to like Glitch or LFG, like just playing and then just improving helped like a lot. Just focusing on just playing casuals, improving on my play mm -hmm. and constantly working towards that it definitely helped a lot. Uh, rather than just thinking like I want to win, I want to win, I'm gonna win, like, yeah. and then just not having it, <laughs> yeah. and then just lose. Um, it definitely like the last tournament we had. I definitely got a little bit of tilt just because like I knew I should have won, mm -hmm. and I just didn't play like to the best of my ability. And like, yeah. man, I'm, and then that, that sucks. And, and like, it is okay to have emotions. Like, yeah, it's not, don't be a robot, you know. <laughs> yeah, but and it. it sometimes there is some good to the fact that you, you know, you feel disappointment or frustration because that means you do care. Mm -hmm. Like you are emotionally invested into something, but it's just like, what do you do afterwards? Cause a lot of people, they don't go back and review their VODs or they don't go back and like contemplate what happened. They don't, they don't get anything out of it at all, except for an emotional reaction, which I, I think that's unfortunate. But if you can go back and, and learn from your experience or ask that person what the hell happened, if they'll, if they're willing to give you advice, yeah. <laughs> uh, cause we talked about that before in a past, uh, past episode, but yeah, I, I think, there's nothing wrong with feeling, yeah. you know, but uh, how do you, when you're in an actual like situation where you need to turn that off for a little bit when you're in those matches, because uh, afterwards you process and you feel the emotions. It's like when, when, when you're fighting, like karate is a really good example. When you're sparring or, or fighting, it's like you're, you're purely focused on um, acting and reacting and everything like that. And it's not until after you're done fighting do you feel like the physical pain, mm. um, which is a really weird feeling because like you just, you dial in and you're fighting and you're, you know, you're sparring and you like, you, you make all these hits and you're getting a hit and you don't feel any of it until like finally it's like, okay, you bow to your opponent and you bow to your sensei or your judge. And then 
afterwards it's like you sit down and you start like breathing and it's like ow i think i pulled something <laughs> you know <laughs> i i can kind of relate to that i used to do wrestling uh mm. in like middle like late middle school early high school so i definitely get that because yeah. yeah it's just you're in the moment and you're just going at it and then like once it's done you're like Phew. yeah I, I think when there's the imminent doom of the, the imminent physical harm it's a lot easier to dial in and turn off your emotions. Yeah. But like because games are so cerebral, it's really easy to get stuck in your head and not realize it. And you kind of get stuck in either like a feedback loop or things of that nature. Um, so it takes it, it takes practice, honestly. Like it, it takes a little bit more mental gymnastics because you're not using as much of your body. Like if you're using your body, you're you're in your body more, if that makes sense. Um, you're more focused on all the muscles and the movements and things of that nature. So you're you're more in the moment. Whereas it's and like it, you're you're less likely to think about a laundry list of things in your head. But like you're sitting down, you're comfortable, you're playing a game. It's really easy for your mind to wander, or it's really easy to go down a, a negative path or things of that nature, because you're not using as much of your body. So, like, it just your mind can do whatever it wants. Perfect. Perfect. So, main point is, you know, burnout is a very uh, terrible, dangerous thing. It happens to the best of us, um, but you can minimize or mitigate some of the the downsides of it if you just kind of take care of yourself and assess situations a little bit better. Um, definitely, feel free to reach out to me on my social media. I don't really plug my own social media enough, but. Um, it's just at the philosopher on Twitter. Um, reach out to me. People have been reaching out to me and I'm, I'm really appreciative because like some of my content has been coming out a little bit slower and people have been checking in and I, it means the world to me. So I, I'm going to keep saying thank you guys because it's, it's really cool to me. Also, thank you to my host, uh, Mega Maxstar, or co-host Mega Maxstar. He's, he's been joining on here. Like in case you guys don't know, I'll do it. I'll probably have it in the introduction as well. But um, that said, where can they find you and what do you have going on? Um... Just youtube.com slash megamaxstar. Um, am I able to plug the other podcast I'm doing? Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's this other podcast that I'm a part of with a really close friend. Um, it's called the Wake Up Super Podcast. Um, it's basically like kind of like a morning-based podcast where we just talk about gaming topics and stuff like that and just what we like in games and things that we enjoy. But mostly it's just gaming news and then us just kind of nerding out and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Um, we're on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere basically now. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. As always, my name is a philosopher. Thank you so much. And we will see you in the next one.